It's good to be back with you. You know what? As good as a trip like that really is, there's no place like home. You know, you get home, and what you uh, see is this, this place of comfort, uh, a place of quiet and rest, uh, a place of happiness, a place of safety and security. And as you think about your home, you think about that place where you feel very, very comfortable and at ease, and everything just seems to be right with the world. I can't think of a place I'd rather be than at home with my family. And uh, to be with them and to be in our home, that, uh, uh, listen, I will protect my home, and I will repair my home, and I will beautify my home, and Debbie will clean my home. Because there's no other place in the world like it. Now something happened when I really came to grips with the fact that I've received Christ not only as my Savior but as my Lord. And the reality is that He owns my home. He owns everything I have. And He has the freedom to do with it whatever He chooses to do. That is sometimes very difficult for believers to lay hold of. I don't understand how this came about, but one of the realities that I've seen many, many different places where I've gone is that for some Christians, their home becomes their refuge and it becomes their castle, but nobody else is getting into it. They're not going to let you in. The door's closed. They might have a small circle of friends that they allow into their house, but you're never going to get in there because for one reason or another, things in that house mean far too much to them. So now we run into a problem because of what we're dealing with this morning. Would you open your Bibles again to Romans chapter 12 and look with me at the second part of verse 13. Romans chapter 12, verse 13 The last phrase in the New King James Bible, it says this. It says, given to hospitality. I like the the NIV. It, It shortens it by one word, and it says this. Practice hospitality. When the Scriptures use the word hospitality, it literally means love of strangers. It has nothing to do with the close circle of friends that you have. It has everything to do with those who are not within that circle. Practice hospitality. Open your homes. Open the doors of your house. Because there are important reasons for which that should happen. And what we find when we look at the rest of Scripture and we begin to understand what the Apostle Paul meant when he opened this up, we begin to understand that he intended for this to be a very responsive practice that we would carry out as followers of Christ. It is something that we would do in response both to his directive and later, as we will see in just a moment, to his command. He uses the word, and and that that word practice, which is translated in the NIV practice, and and given to hospitality in our New King James, it means to pursue something as a hunter would his game. If any of you have uh, gone hunting, 
Uh, depending on what kind of hunting you're doing, uh, deer hunting, you generally sit quietly and you try not to move. And you can literally sit there all day long in one spot just waiting for deer to come your way. You hope you've, you've scoped out a place where they will come and hopefully they'll be within range and so forth. But there's other hunting that's of a very different nature. When I was living in Pennsylvania, I would hunt uh, pheasants and I would hunt rabbits. And I would hunt with a guy that had two dogs. It was great. Whitey and Driver. And when you have dogs, uh, they actually do a lot of the work for you. Uh, Whitey was a rabbit dog. Um, Driver was a pheasant dog. And Whitey was kind of a mixed breed. And when he would go out and he would begin to bark, you knew it was going to be a rabbit going out. And you would be ready and you would wait. <laughs> and it was amazing. The first time I hunted with the dog, I, I didn't realize this. You, you let the dog actually do the chasing. And the dog will chase the rabbit in a big circle and bring the rabbit back to you. And much to his surprise, you would be waiting for him with a welcome. A 12-gauge welcome. And then Driver, or pardon me, uh, yes, Driver would go out, and you knew if Driver was... Have you ever heard a beagle bay? It is a beautiful sound. If you are... Now listen, if you're, if you're an animal rights person, um, what are you having for lunch? Okay? Just because you don't kill it doesn't mean it doesn't die. All right? So, I just had to get that out. Anyway, when the pheasant would go up, you, you knew that that driver was pushing this thing. Now you're waiting, and you're waiting for the pheasant to go up, and as it goes up, you uh, terminate it. And then the neat thing is that the dog will also go get the pheasant for you, and he'll bring it back to you, which was really, really a wonderful experience. And uh, thankfully, they, they don't, chew them up or anything like that. You just have your pheasant drop back at your feet and then you go on and you try to get another one. Now, I told you all of that for this reason. What Paul is saying is this. When you consider opening your home in a method of hospitality, pursue it like the hunter. Go after it. Make it part of the fiber and the fabric of your life not just some extraordinary event that only happens from time to time. By the way, when, when I was thinking about this passage, uh, the, the thing that came to my mind was this. Do you know how hard it is sometimes to, to preach these things? Because everybody agrees we ought not gossip, right? Okay, we ought not gossip. I, I hope we agree with that. The Bible tells us we're not supposed to. We ought not lie, Correct. Okay, And, you know, we, we look at those, those moral issues and we say, well, those are directives that God really intends for us to listen to. But when it comes to something like this, who are you to tell me what to do? I'm nothing. I'm nobody. This is God speaking. Do you understand? He is the one saying, practice hospitality. I think part of the, the downfall in the Christian community today is because we don't obey this. 
We lock up our homes and we act like they are some treasure that nobody else is going to set foot in. Well, he tells us that's not the way it's supposed to be. And then he makes it very clear in a command that we are supposed to open up our homes. Turn in your Bibles with me, if you will, back to the book of 1 Peter. Look at 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter, the fourth chapter. And look at verse 8, where the Scriptures tell us, And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Hmm. As each one has received a gift, minister it, to, the, to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. When, when the Apostle Peter was penning this passage to us, he was saying basically this, your, your responsibility as a follower of Christ is to serve one another. And part of your responsibility is to show love to one another. But the third part of that responsibility is to open up your home and be hospitable without grumbling. You heard about the little boy that was part of a family that invited some friends over for dinner. And the family and the friends have gathered around the table and the mother has put on a a great spread. It's just delightful. And so as a, a, a little something special, she looks at her son and she says, I would like you to pray for the food before we eat. And the little boy looks at his mom and says, Mom, I don't know what to say. And she said, well, you just say things that you've heard me say. And the little boy, (laughs) okay, you're way ahead of me, aren't you? (laughs) The little boy bows his head and he begins to pray, Oh, Lord, why did I ever ask these people over here today? It's really the wrong attitude. It's the wrong way to approach hospitality. Be given to hospitality because it's what the Lord delights in. And then he's given us examples to imitate. Earlier, Pastor Steve read from the Old, scripture, uh, the Old Testament scriptures concerning the, the interaction between one of the prophets. Uh, and and this, this is just one of many, many illustrations. You look, look at Abraham when the three men, one of whom was the Lord, two were angels, one was the Lord, and how he welcomed them, total strangers, he welcomed them into his realm of hospitality. You look at Elijah and and what happened with the, the, uh, I believe it was the Shunammite woman, and and what happened with Elisha and uh, the widow of Zarephath. Do I have that backwards? The Bible has it right, whatever it is. That's what it is. You go on. Job. Even Job opening his home for hospitality purposes. You you look beyond that into the New Testament and and you find uh, Mary and Martha opening and and Lazarus, who was their brother, opening their home to Jesus and welcoming him in. And and you look at what happened. Peter and his mother-in-law and how they, there was a welcome home. And in every one of these situ- situations, what you found was that after the hospitality was extended, there were blessings that followed the home. Have you noticed that? Now, what Pastor Steve read was about the, the lady who had a baby, uh, even 
when she was not, from a human point of view, capable of having a baby. But do you know what happened to that baby? It died. That doesn't sound like much of a blessing, does it? Until you finish the story. And the baby rose again. And God returned its life to it. And this closeness of relationship that developed through the hospitality of the family that built this prophet's chamber was a complete demonstration of God's delight with the way people handle things like that. You'll you'll notice as you go on through the scriptures, there are time after time after time where the Lord opens up to our understanding the reality that hospitality is something that we should recognize as an opportunity and something that God himself will bless. But look farther. As we consider more, you understand that this is a refreshing practice Just something for our understanding, and and let me put this within historic context. When we read passages like this, it's very often easy for us to get lost in the application of that in the day in which we live. In the day in which this was written, there were people who were followers of Christ who were going through terrible times of persecution. Some of them were on the run. There were people who were carrying the message of the gospel from one place to another and really had no financial capability of providing for themselves along the way. But God would provide individuals who would be very hospitable to open their home and to allow them to stay there with them so that people who were experiencing difficulties in life and people who were in the process of serving the Lord and people who were carrying out God's commission... There were homes that would open up to them and become available places of rest and protection and provision. And so God would use the the realm of hospitality in some of these cases just to provide spiritual refreshment, sometimes for the people who had opened their homes and sometimes for those who had received the hospitality that was given to them. There were other times that people found protection, There was a place to be where they did not have to be afraid at night, concerned about what might happen to them. There were others who just did not have the financial means to carry out the task that God had called them to, but now they didn't have to have a great deal of financial capability. They could stay with people and enjoy their hospitality in the efforts that they were using and carrying out for the Lord's work. And so when you look at that that context, you begin to understand people were not inviting just their close friends in. They were saying, you know what? What God intends for us to do is to use our home for his honor and glory. And there are times when there are people we ought to invite in. What, what, what kind of... Uh, uh, boy, did I miss something here? Go to two? No, I, I finished that. I'm on to a refreshing practice. Folks, I have been on drugs. <laughs> Not the kind for which I could be arrested. 
I honestly, I am in a bit of a fog this morning. Can you tell? Don't say yes, please. Uh, all right, what we're dealing with here is the refreshing practice of hospitality, which will provide, as it did in previous times, the needed Christian fellowship that some people need. If you're going through a hard time, what can be more refreshing than being invited into someone's home whose desire for you is to care for you, to minister to you, and to encourage you through the Word of God? Is there anything better than that? You know, I really think if we did more of this, if we honestly looked at the needs of the people around us, there'd be a whole lot less need for psychiatrists and psychologists. We'd actually be helping each other out. And so part of the refreshingness is being able to have this Christian fellowship. You, you, you are helping people sometimes who are going through periods of suffering. Well, there are times you, you don't know what to say to a person because they're going through a really difficult time. Words escape you. But there is nothing as refreshing as having someone come into your home who is experiencing a time of maybe physical suffering. It could be financial suffering. It could be any number of different things. And have them throw their arms around you and say, I just want you to know I really care. I really care. And if there's something I can do to be of help, I want you to know I'll be there for you. That's what the Lord wants. So people who are going through suffering can be helped. There, there's another. Uh, sometimes, you know, we don't do this as much anymore as we used to. We would, we would have music groups come in from, uh, how many of you remember like in church you would have uh, college groups come in? Do you remember that? You know, we, we would do that frequently in, in former churches. Times have changed. When, when missionaries would come, you, you really never got them a hotel room because you had people who said, I would love to have you stay with us. Now, you, you, you know I really want to be honest about this stuff that I tell you. And I think, in all honesty, sometimes missionaries would prefer having a hotel room. Because it gives them privacy. And when you're interacting with people all the time, that can become hard. That can, that can become difficult. But there, today, it just seems like it, it gets harder and harder to have a group of people in when you say, uh, we, we really need lodging for these people. We, we have the kids come in from Hope Children's Center every year. Jennifer... Do we ever have trouble finding places for them to stay? Usually right up until the last minute. Why is that? I don't want those kids in my house. We, we had, uh, who, who was that group of kids we had? Uh, kids, from, uh, kids from the world or What? It might have been when the whole group of kids came in, big, big group, and, and a, a lot of our people responded and opened up their homes. We, we opened up our home, and the kids that came uh, to us, they said, no, listen, just treat them like you're, they're part of your family. And so Debbie had already figured out a, a menu to provide for the kids. And uh, the first night, two little boys, 
we had. And they, they spoke English, and so we were able to communicate with them. And Debbie said, well, tonight we're going to have spaghetti for dinner. And the one little boy had this look on his face, and he says, spaghetti makes me vomit. Now, you need to understand something. In our house, we're going to tell you what you're going to eat. And that little stinker finished his plate of spaghetti, did not vomit. You have to hear the way he said it. It makes me vomit. (laughs) He had two big plates full of this stuff. These kids are just jerking your chain. You know what? That's all part of it. There, there are things that go on. We, we need to be willing to open our homes, to be hospitable, and to say, I'm going to welcome in strangers. Not because the pastor said it, but because God word, God's Word says it. Practice hospitality. In addition to that, there's instruction in the Word that can take place. You know one of the blessings of having your home an open door is to have a small group. And to allow a group of people to come together to study the Word of God, to grow in grace and in the knowledge of Christ, and to have a place where they know that what they hear is going to be the truth of God's Word and not some deceptive mumbo-jumbo. When you you know what the Lord has to say, you open your home and you see to it that that message of, of the truth of God's Word is communicated. And then it's a place for evangelism. And I know some people have a difference of opinion about this, but I think we ought to open up our homes to unbelievers too. We have, as Christians, we have isolated ourselves from the world. Well, do you understand that if they come into my house, they might use language that is inappropriate? Yeah. What language did you use before you came to Christ? Right? (laughs) Maybe some of you used it after you came to Christ. Maybe some of you still use it. No excuse for that. If we open up our homes to people who don't know Christ as Savior, we can show them the difference that Christ has made in our lives and the peace that He brings and the harmony that He brings. Ah, maybe we're afraid that there's not harmony in our home and we don't want them to see that. Well, then we have another problem. And that problem needs to be solved. One of the blessings of opening our home to unsaved people is to let them hear of the gospel where Christ died for their sins and He was buried and He rose again from the dead. And when we by faith accept Christ as our Savior, He enters our hearts, He enters our lives, He forgives our sins, He cleanses us, He seals us until the day of redemption. And He gives us the quality of eternal life that we can live out right now. That's something I hope you all have. It's something I hope you all share. And I hope you'll make it a point to use your home as a groundwork where the gospel of Christ can be presented. I'm not going to pull your leg Hospitality is a costly thing. It's going to cost you something. Being hospitable is not an easy thing. 
it's going to cost you time. Now, for some, maybe, maybe part of the reason people don't like to have other people into their house is they don't like the fact that you have to take time to clean up. You know, we want people to think we live a certain way when we all know we don't live that way. There, there's all... Do you all keep your house totally tidy all the time? Pardon me? No? Do you keep your house a mess all the time? No. It's usually somewhere in between, right? That's life! Don't feel like you've got to have the place absolutely renovated for somebody to come into your home. Yes, you want them to have a nice, comfortable environment. And, and I would not advise leaving dirty dishes on the coffee table and invite people over and stuff like that. You know, it's going to take some time to clean up, but don't feel like you've got to be making the place a Taj Mahal. We, we live. There's time that's going to be involved. Um... There's going to be a cost financially. It's going to cost money to open up your home for hospitable reasons. Um, we have tried to use our home for hospitality, and we have been blessed by the opportunity to go to some homes and enjoy the hospitality of individuals. Um, that's not really what's in the focus here. But, but we've appreciated the fact that people have taken time. Sometimes you have somebody over for dinner. Maybe a person you don't know so well, but it's a great time to get to know them. Make them a nice dinner. How many of you feel you don't know me very well? Just raise your hand. Okay, you don't know me very well, right? Okay, here's your opportunity. I really like prime rib. And yes, it is going to cost you some money to do this. No, listen, please don't, <clears throat> pardon me, don't take me uh, at, at what I'm saying. Like I said before, I'm on drugs. And what you need to understand is when you are extending hospitality, there are appropriate things to do. It is appropriate to serve things to individuals. It is appropriate to have at least refreshments. The that's all part of the cost. But understand that that's also part of the opportunity. There's another thing. It's going to cost wear and tear. Um, in our former church, <clears throat> we had a young family that we wanted to get to know. We invited them to our house for dinner, and they had a couple young kids, and um, we had some nice things. My dad had a furniture store. And so we've got some really nice furniture, furniture that's going to last us our entire lives unless the house burns down. And there was some really nice stuff, and, and we had a parsonage at the time, and it was one of these tri-level parsonages, and it had a little deck out the back, and there was a screen door there. And the folks, uh, their, their kids were a little bit on the wild side, and the little boy decided he wanted to go out onto the deck. So he ran and ran right through the screen door. Took the door right out of the... You know why you don't talk to people through screen doors? You can strain your voice. Just, <laughs> just came to mind. <laughs> took a little time for some of you, but that's all right. He took the door right out. Then... 
the little Hot Wheels cars. We have a very nice grandmother's clock, solid cherry wood, beautiful. We had it right next to the dining area, and the little boy took his Hot Wheels car, and he is going along the wood. And I looked over, and it hit me. I'd like to say something funny here, but I won't. The people are a whole lot more important than the things. Do you get it? The people are a whole lot more important than anything we have. Yeah, you want to keep your things nice, don't you? But what are you going to do with them when you're gone? You're going to leave them behind. Or you're going to give them to somebody that isn't going to take as nice care of them as you. So why worry about it even now? People are always more important than things. And then finally, it costs inconvenience. You have to set time aside to be hospitable. And it's not always convenient. Um, There are times you'd rather be doing something else. There are times when perhaps all you want is a quiet evening. But there may be a need that somebody has. And so there's going to be a cost that's involved. But listen, when we obey what God has to say about being hospitable, there are rewards that come along with them. Let me share them with you. The first is that the work of Christ is furthered. Why do you think he tells us to be hospitable? It's because it's part of the process of his building up the body of Christ. Do you remember what we read there in 2 Peter chapter 4? That we're to use the gifts that we have to build each other up, to strengthen one another. And when you open your home to people, what happens is you help further the work of Christ. In addition to that, sometimes you're just coming at a time when a person needs somebody to step in the gap and encourage them. Do you know how many people feel lonely today? They feel there's nobody that cares. They feel that they're isolated and there's, there's no one they could really turn to. And I'm not saying make some false, deep relationship with someone, but I am saying this. You ought to be looking around. And you ought to be taking notice of people that look like they might need some encouragement and some help. And that maybe once in a while say, hey, listen, what are you doing after church on Sunday? How about if you come over to our house? Why don't you have dinner with us? Do you know what that would mean to people? Let me ask you this. I would love to be able to interact with you more. How many of you have ever been encouraged because somebody brought you to their home and just opened up themselves to you? Have you ever been that way? Any? I said one hand, two hands, three hands, four hands. Okay, see, you're all afraid to say it. How many of you have never been encouraged by anybody else? I haven't seen any hands. Oh, yeah, I just saw one right up there. And I think he's being a wise guy. Listen, sometimes people need you to open your home and to encourage them. Love for Christ and his people is experienced. You know, you start to develop feelings for people when you get close to them. I want to tell you, this trip that we took this past week was as delightful an experience as I could ever possibly imagine. The seniors, Mr. Lopez, the seniors from Highlands were absolute 
gems on this trip. I don't, I don't know if you've heard that yet or not. But they, they were absolutely delightful. And some of them I looked at and I thought, when I saw them kind of getting on the bus, I thought, oh, there's a problem. Yeah, there's, there's trouble. Yep, this one's not going to be any good. This one's, oh, we got to keep an eye on this one. And I'm watching these kids as they get on, and then you start to get to know them. And I want to tell you, I really have a heart for these kids. Some of them are going through some real difficult times of life. And when you get to know people, you begin to understand that Christ is doing a work in their hearts too. And he's using them for his honor and glory. There were some things that happened on this trip I can't even begin to explain to you spiritually. But God did some incredible work through the kids with our director who is an atheist. Anyway, mutuality of care is established and I I need to finish. The host is ministered to. Do you remember what uh, the writer of Hebrews said? Be careful to entertain strangers for some of you have entertained angels unawares. Just to be careful, the word for angels can also be translated messengers. Does God mean that you have dealt with a supernatural individual? Possibly. Does he mean that he has just put someone in your pathway that needed to be in your pathway at a given moment? That may be it as well. But he says, be willing to entertain them because I'm sending some to you for your benefit. And then, if you ever care to provide leadership within the church, we have a group of men who are leaders. They are men who, according to the, the requirements for the position they hold, have to be given. They have to be hospitable. They have to be men who are willing to open their homes and to minister to people. And then finally, the Savior is glorified. The Savior is glorified. You know, I was saying to my wife before I got up to to preach, I said, you know, it's much easier to preach on the applications than it is on doctrine. But I think sometimes it's harder to embrace the applications than it is the doctrine. Do I believe that God is authoritative? Let me put it this way. Do you believe that God is authoritative? Do you believe God's word is our final authority? Do you believe that God's word is our final authority? I'm not going to ask it again, because if you don't, then we have a real problem. I believe God's word is the final authority. And when God says practice hospitality, he means it. Easier to talk about. Harder to do. I believe in the deity. Oh, the the song today. I believe in the Father. I believe in the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Yeah, we got that down. I believe in hospitality. Ooh. God's just as authoritative in that as he is in all the others. So I hope you will be hospitable. There's another reason why I think this is so important. When Jesus died on the cross for our sins and he rose again from the dead, he provided for our forgiveness, 
He provided for us to have the free gift of eternal life. And then the Bible says, He ascended into heaven. Before He ascended into heaven, do you remember what He told His disciples? I'm going to prepare a place for you. By the way, I don't like the idea of a mansion. It's not what it means. Because you can isolate yourself in a mansion. No. I am going to prepare a place for you. In my Father's house are many rooms. Why? Because we have a God who is inviting us into His home to enjoy Him forever. Do this in remembrance of me. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. Good stuff, huh? Good stuff. Father, thank you that you have given us the perfect example of what it is to embrace others and to invite them into your home. And Father, I pray that you would encourage us to follow the pattern that you have established and that you have clarified for us in your word. In Jesus' name, amen.